Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marchessault fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marchessault. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Game day, game three, Stanley Cup playoffs, first round, Vegas, Minnesota. We're going to get to all that fun. Wallace out here at Aliante Casino. Salted lime right in front of my face. Millard out at City National Arena. Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... You guys excited? Game three, swing game. Winner gets a 2-1 series lead in this best of seven West Division first round series. Uh, A lot happening around the Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. We also have a, a pending suspension to come that could impact the Vegas Golden Knights if things go according <laughs> to plan. So uh, that's significant on the Colorado Avalanche side. Uh, we'll bring you up to date on that. Uh, there's been a, uh, a hiring of the recently fired uh, president of the New York Rangers, and uh, we will get to Gary Lawless uh, from uh, St. Paul in the XL Energy Center to try and set the scene for us uh, ahead of tonight's broadcast with Dan Duba. So uh, we have a jam-packed show which will conclude at 5.30 local time, so Ryan Wallace can do his full hour of the pregame show uh, face-off just after 6.30 tonight, a little earlier uh, because of the uh, the location in the central time zone of St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm really excited to get back to your question. Thanks for asking. Oh, you're welcome. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. We just we just went over that. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I feel better about tonight and the vibe uh, <laughs> around the city and the vibe uh, around the fan base. Mm-hmm. Yep. It uh, it just has a, a bit of a calmer uh, feeling with it compared to uh, the, the approach to game number two. And I don't know whether it was uh, Fleury's performance mm-hmm. or, or whether the Alex Tuck two goals – uh, and 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 scoring three unanswered, or whether it was just plain and simply the victory. But uh, there just there seems to be a, a more uh, at at ease feeling. Yeah, I I think that a lot of that has to do. I mean, in terms of of how I'm approaching it, I think a lot of that has to do with the Golden Knights getting a couple of goals and and, and really finding. Uh, that level of play that you need against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, you look at that first period in game number two, and, and if the Golden Knights had, had kind of allowed that to just be their game all game two, then there's a lot of questions going into this game here in game three. But for me, uh, you, you know, you, you get a performance like that from Marc-Andre Fleury, you're able to find a couple of goals and and push around, push, push the Minnesota Wild in that way. Uh, I think you have to feel pretty good about yourself going into game number three and and I think a lot of maybe your your relative calm or at least being a bit calmer than than you were heading into game two has to do with our callers yesterday and and where their confidence level is now after the game two performance from the Golden Knights. It feels like Vegas has chased the Minnesota Wild franchise all four years 
Do, would, would you agree with that? Like the, the, the Wild have dominated the season series. Uh, they they opened the, the, this set with a victory in the best of seven series. That, that This is one of the few teams that, that Vegas has been on the wrong end of, uh, of, of the matchup. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd agree with that. The, the numbers in terms of regular season meetings and wins and losses would bear that out right. for sure. So here's the opportunity tonight. Vegas can take the lead, not just in the series, but they wouldn't be chasing the Minnesota Wild. And I think that that has the potential to write uh, a, a different script uh, for this series going forward. And, and look, uh, I'm not a big believer that the regular season spills over and has any effect on, on what we're seeing right now. I think they're two great, very even teams. But that whole uh, sort of conversation around the Minnesota Wild having the Golden Knights number will be a conversation until it isn't. And, and oh, I mentioned that to Darren Elliott uh, today, and, uh, and he's like, sadly, I understand what you're meaning. But uh, as we bring in Gary Lawless, uh, the analyst on the uh, VGK Radio Network and Fox Sports Las Vegas, Gary, uh, it, the Golden Knights can go a long way towards rewriting uh, the script that uh, has long been written between the Golden Knights and, and the Minnesota Wild tonight. There's a couple of things. Uh, when you are a team that does not have home ice advantage in a series, the script or the plan to win that series is to get a split on the road and then win both of your games uh, at home. And then uh, if you, uh, so then you're up 3 three, 3-1. And then if you lose game five, you still come back to your building for game six with a chance to win on home ice. So that's what Minnesota is going to try and do. They're trying to win both these games. For Vegas, uh, obviously, uh, you know, players will tell you uh, the whole the, the the historical data, those statistics mean nothing to them. Like they're like, yeah, it's an interesting number. Uh, I haven't read that, hadn't heard that until you told me. Whatever, they're, they're worried about the here and now and what's right in front of them. And uh, uh, Golden Knights have an opportunity to go up two one in the series with a win, and then also build on confidence because. The last two times they were in this building, they scored five in the first game and lost that one uh, uh, because of uh, some uh, iffy goaltending, and then uh, they won the next game in overtime. So, you know, three three real good games in a row at XL Center, uh, Energy Center would have the Golden Knights feeling really good about playing in this building. Gary Lawless with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard, uh, Ryan Wallace, uh, at different locations but coming together as uh, we chat about Game 3 tonight of this West Division series. Ryan? And so, Gary, when you look at the key for the Golden Knights going into this game, what would you say it is in order to get a victory? You know, they started to play their own game uh, in, uh, in the last game, and I think they need to continue that. Um, you know, you go to both of those goals that they scored uh, you know, the first, the Marcheseau goal. Marcheseau drives the middle of the ice. And uh, Smith goes uh, a little bit onto the wing and then is able to pop it in. Uh, Marcheseau slides in an open spot. He pops it in. He gets the shot. But that middle lane drive pushed uh, the defense back on um, for Minnesota. And then on the tuck goal, same thing, Yanmark. And Yanmark is really good at it. We've seen a lot of that middle lane drive from him since he came over. He drove the middle of the ice, and that just changed everything. And uh, when you uh, watch the replay, you'll see him, uh, you'll see uh, three or four wild defenders 
facing him and all back down on top of Talbot when, uh, and then he pops the puck back to, to Tuck, who again is coming down the middle. I think they have to drive the middle of the ice. It's a, a big key for me when I watch the Golden Knights play. Uh, you see a lot of good things from them when they're doing that. Uh, Tuck is an interesting uh, player because he is fifth all-time in the franchise in goals scored, but during the regular season, number one now in playoff goals scored with his 17. And he uh, made a play in the first period, Gary, uh, in that one of the rare times where the puck was in the Minnesota zone where he made a tip. And that was a great sign and, and maybe an indicator of where his game was at because it really tested Cam Talbot. And then he scores the other two, uh, the two goals that he, that he finds the back of the net on from right in top of the crease. So we're talking speed and skill from this player. But the three best chances that he had and two that he puts in are right from in front of the net, which is the edict that we've been hearing about. I'll tell you a couple things about uh, Alex Tuck, and I'll I'll bring Kirill Kaprizov, uh, Kaprizov into the conversation. Tuck is 25, Kaprizov is 24. Kaprizov played about 300 games in uh, in the Continental Hockey League, where Tuck, and that's where he learned the game. Tuck has learned most of the game here in the NHL. He's played 255 regular season games, I believe, something like that. Uh, their numbers, Kaprizov's numbers, are a little better this year. Uh, I think he was 24 goals and 27 assists, and Tuck was 18 and 15, something like that. But, uh, like, I think, you know, Kaprizov is referred to as a rookie because he is in the NHL, but he's seasoned. And I think Tuck, probably in the back of his head, is thinking, I'm going to be the biggest star of this series, not him. And and I think uh, Alex Tuck, I think he does think that way. And uh, he has the chance to become uh, a superstar in the NHL. And you might argue that you know, he did a lot of his damage this year on the third line in Vegas and getting uh, um, not as much power play time as Kaprizov. Uh, like, that's the, the big name for the Stars. Well, Tuck has two goals for the Wild. Tuck has two goals in this series. Kaprizov has none. And Tuck has proven to be uh, the more dangerous player. I think that uh, this could be Alex Tuck, Tuck's real coming out party. He's, he, his, his speed, his size, and what he's added this year um, is his play without the puck. He's become better defensively. I think he's watched Mark Stone and thought, you know, I could really, I could lead the league in takeaways. I, I'm faster than him. I'm just as long as him. I can chase people from behind and apply back pressure and steal the puck and put us on quick strike offense uh, by doing so, and uh, he's gotten good at it. He's got two goals, scored eight in the bubble last year, so trying to build off uh, that performance in which the coach calls him the X-Factor. It's the uh, VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, chatting with Gary Lawless, getting ready for Game 3. He'll be part of the radio broadcast on the VGK Radio Network on Fox Sports Las Vegas tonight at uh, 6.30, the pregame show at 5.30 with Ryan Wallace. You know, Gary, when you look at uh, the Golden Knights going into Minnesota tonight, getting on the road in this series, how much does that kind of allow them to just go out and play instead of having to focus or, or worry about putting on a show in front of your fans at home. Yeah. I don't even know if it's so much of putting on a show. It's just the, the expectations and the weight of, uh, of those expectations in, uh, and it's not just in Vegas. It's in, uh, it's in Nevada and it's in Vegas and it's in T-Mobile arena. I think the players have really felt it and, uh, they need to kind of get that out of their head. And I think they'll be able to do that here. Um, in, in Minnesota and just kind of, you know, 
worry about the game and not everything else that goes around it and not worry about the pressure that has been put on them. You know, and listen, it's a pressure like that is a good thing, but it can eat at you at sometimes. And I thought the Golden Knights were nervous. I thought they played a little tentatively in the first two games, and that, that's not who they have to be. They have to have swagger, and they have to have uh, a, a lot of oomph, a lot of gusto in their games, and uh, uh, and we'll see if that uh, if that comes to the fore here in Minnesota. I think it just might. Which would you prefer, swagger, oomph, or gusto? <laughs> if you had to pick one Mucho of gusto. <laughs> Mucho gusto? Okay. Yeah. I I, I kind of like that one too, but uh, I'm I'm kind of partial to the oomph too. Just the way that that comes out of your your mouth. That's oomph is, is great. Uh, Brian Braden McNabb's been uh, been a force. This has been a heavy hitting series. He has been, and very quietly, Shea Theodore has been a force too. Because the reason Kaprizov isn't on the board is the work that Theodore has done on him. He's been uh, tremendous in the defensive zone. Uh, if you watch. When they get in, uh, one nothing Pittsburgh. When they get into the uh, into the it, when when Minnesota gets into the Golden Knights zone, and Theodore has been on uh, Pete DeBoer was able to match him a lot on Kaprizov uh, when he had last change. Theodore picks him up uh, and kind of covers him one on one, and then other guys try and help out. The forwards have done a really good job of you know making sure that if McNabb and Theodore have the gap in front of the player. They come and apply back pressure from behind. So uh, I've liked the work of McNabb and Theodore a lot. Uh, by the way, uh, Theodore is playing twenty one oh four so far in this set. Uh, sorry, twenty three thirty one for Theodore and twenty three forty nine for Petrangelo. I would anticipate those numbers being higher, trying to catch up to Dean Evison in the matchup game because Evison's a matchup guy and he'll be doing everything he can to try and uh, outwit. Uh, and outchange the Golden Knights. Yeah, it looked like there was going to be some changes uh, in the Golden Knights lineup uh, at the morning skate. I think um, I think Nick Holden is going to go in for Nick Hig. That kind of looked the the way things uh, uh, the Hig stayed out later uh, and worked with uh, with Ryan McGill uh, after uh, you know, usually the regulars leave and then uh, uh, I call them the Silver Aces. Uh, in Vegas, they stayed out a little bit longer, and uh, it looked to me like uh, like Patrick Brown was going to skate between Carrier and Reeves tonight. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. And Ryan, that that kind of makes sense uh, putting Patrick Brown in over somebody like uh, Cody Glass, who's been recalled because Brown uh, is going to play that defensive uh, role, uh, can bang a little bit more, and if you ever do get caught out there against Kaprizov, just a little bit more veteran presence. So, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that you you're going to rely on and lean on a, a player like Patrick Brown, who's on the right side of the puck and has that energy, brings that energy every single night. You know what you're going to get out of him. So, um, I, I like Patrick Brown being inserted but you know on on physicality i, I thought that uh, the game uh, the other night on tuesday was perhaps keegan colasar's best he was really really active very physical what did you like about colasar's game on on tuesday and how does it kind of continue to evolve in this series yeah he looked like he uh he was playing like that before he got injured and it, it's taken him up this much time to kind of find his game again and it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to build on it, because uh, I think he probably looks over at Felino and Greenway and says, well, I'm just like them. 
I've got the same skill set to them. I'm just as big. I'm just as fast. Why? Why are they dominating and I'm not? And uh, you know that the the saying in hockey is is that you, for every regular season game, you learn. You know, you learn so much in one regular season game. You learn twice as much in every playoff game. And uh, I think that that is the intensity suits Colasar. And uh, uh, just to go back to the what you said about putting Brown in and not Glass, I'll be honest. Um, I would have put Brown and Glass in, and I would have put them on the same line. Why? Uh, I, I didn't like the fourth line. You know, right? I thought they got caught in, the own, in their own zone uh, a ton. And uh, I would prefer, I, I think you can mix uh, a little size and a little skill on that last line. And I don't think that Cody Glass is, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that he, I think he sees the game very well mm-hmm. and can play defensively and be in the right places uh, as much as uh, as much as anyone else. And I think he's worked on his game and his confidence. I think he'll have he would have a little a little anger and a little hunger in his game. I'd like to see him get in. Any changes for Minnesota that you know? Of? No changes. No changes for Minnesota. That surprise you at all? Uh, I, no, I don't think so. Uh, you know, everyone is kind of. Wondering why Zach Parise, I was watching NHL mm-hmm. Network and they were questioning um, why Zach Parise wasn't in the lineup. You know what? If you're Dean Evison, you did your job in Vegas. You got the split. Uh, so, uh, but I, I, you know, it will be interesting. You know, I mean, we make so much of, uh, we talk so much about about Vegas and their lack of scoring through two games in the series. Minnesota's got two goals. Yeah. So at some point in time, uh, Evison might have to address that. Uh, goaltending, do we know who's going to play in goal tonight? <laughs> well, Cam Talbot for uh, Minnesota, and Flurry uh, left Flurry uh, left early for uh, for Vegas, so I'm guessing it's him as well. I why, are you me, I why are you laughing? I don't get it. Because I'm trying to give you like a, a slam dunk to end. I'm trying to oh, make yeah. I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm trying to work with you I, here. Okay. I thought maybe you'd come back with me. Like that was a goofy question. Then we could get into our old time rivalry. But uh, you're all business today. We we just recorded uh, Lawless in Order for the pregame on the television side, and I tried to have some fun with it. You were all business, Gary. Game face on, and now you're all business here. What happened to fun, Gary? Well, you know what? Maybe instead of putting all the blame on me, you might just consider that you're not that funny. That's... I've been told that before, and I and I have trouble believing it. No, no, no. <laughs> That's the truth. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you uh, know, you are funny, but you're like. You're in a left field. Like sometimes it's just like like some, sometimes it hits the mark, and sometimes I'm like, yeah, what the hell is he talking about? You know, I once had a boss tell, pull me aside and say, just for today, maybe don't be you. <laughs> People tell you that a lot, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Every now and then. Hey, what's it? Uh, what's it like in in Minneapolis? Before we let you go, how many fans uh, tonight? Uh, what's they'll have what's the uh, they'll have forty five hundred in the building. Uh, it's rainy and humid here. It's been uh, uh, Duva and I had to. Uh, uh, we landed and we uh, rent, went to the hotel through our bags in the rooms, and we went to uh, the pillbox tavern. But we had to uh, we had to uh, abscond with a couple of umbrellas from the stroll. Ooh, is it like one of those fancy hotels where they give you the umbrellas, or did you have to go buy one from the gift shop? Uh, there's no gift shops open. It's COVID, it's pandemic. Uh, it's not Nevada where it's wide open. Uh, but uh, yeah, they gave us the umbrellas. Uh, have a great call tonight to enjoy it. Uh, game three, uh, first playoff game in Minnesota uh, in a while because they, they, of course, played in the in the bubble as well last year. So it should be a pretty good vibe tonight. Uh, look forward to uh, listening to you guys. 
Have fun. Be good. There's Gary Lawless. All business Gary today. I thought I thought uh, he brought up an interesting point in terms of the, the fourth line for the Golden Knights in, in having the ability or at least playing around with maybe the idea, throwing the idea out there that, you know, Patrick Brown and Cody Glass perhaps uh, on the same line at the same time. But uh, I, I think it's probably going to be a bit more traditional for the Golden Knights tonight. You, you want that physical presence in, in the game. But um, I, it's, a, it's an interesting thought for Gary, and I, I, I follow where he's going with it. See, when Gary says something like that, yep, my ears perk up. Mine too. Because he knows things. And well, I, he, he's, he's he, an insider. Yeah, Come on. He can't always tell us what he knows, <laughs> but he can allude to something. And then I become uh, very curious. Mm-hmm. So if, if that's the case, and I like Will Carrier the other night too. But it was good. Uh, uh, I thought uh, that he had a presence, especially scrambles are around the net. And Darren Elliott uh, just to get sidetracked. Darren Elliott said uh, today, like if there's if there's scrambles around the Minnesota Wild net, that means Vegas is doing a great job of getting the puck to the net and creating chances off chances. So that that that's a great way to look at it tonight. If you're seeing scrambles. Uh, even if the puck doesn't go in, that's great because they're getting multiple opportunities around that. But uh, as far as the uh, the fourth line, if if you're going to do something like that with Glass and Patrick Brown in, who's the center? Be- and I would think that it would be Glass because he's proven to be much more effective in the game when he's center. But mm-hmm. Patrick Brown's also a center. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that it's it's interesting because – Given what we've seen out of Cody Glass and, and where his, his maximum comfort seems to be, I think I'd go with Glass at center, have Brown on the wing. And, you know, with, with Patrick Brown, we've talked about him time and time again. He's a pro. You know what you're going to get. I, I don't think that if you put him on the wing or you, you, you have him at center, like there's going to be a major, major drop-off. So I'd probably go with Glass at center, Brown on the wing, and, you know, just just make sure that line plays a simple, direct game. So far through a couple of games, it's the lowest scoring series in the National Hockey League playoffs. Mm-hmm. So numbers aren't where all of these players are used to producing. And I'm looking at a player like Mark Stone or Kirill Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you liked about Mark Stone's game, even though uh, there's only one point through two? I mean, I think he's battling, right? And and I think that's kind of where, where it goes for me. There's there's plays where Mark Stone is, is still holding on to Pox. He's got patience and poise and trying to, to hit the open man. And, you know, you're not seeing Mark Stone deviate really from, from his game. And you're not really seeing him get too frustrated. I, I just think that, you know, you're missing a big part of what makes that line go with Max Pacioretty out of the lineup. So if Alex Tuck can continue to build some chemistry with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone and, and kind of once that's, that's a little bit more synergistic. I think Mark Stone's gonna gonna have himself a game, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's tonight because you, you need your captain, you need your best player to to be big for you in these types of games, and and Mark Stone is gonna put that pressure on himself too. I I, I think the fact that he has really been battling through and and not allowing himself to be pushed around is probably the aspect I like most of his game right now. We haven't had a first period goal in this series yet. Yeah, it's not surprising to me, really. Like both teams play really well defensively, um, but except except it, uh, Ryan, it, the, the first periods have been the two most lopsided, one for each each club. Sure, and and you know, again, I, I think you you take into account kind of the regular season in the division and some of the teams and that 
you know, we're in that division where you have the Golden Knights and you have the Minnesota Wild and, and they can kind of take advantage of, of their opponents. But that all being said, like, you've got two goaltenders that are dialed in, Marc-Andre Fleury more dialed in than I think I've ever seen him in his career, and both teams can defend really well. So I, I, I didn't really expect this to be a fireworks type of series where, you know, guys are putting up Nathan McKinnon numbers, which incidentally, Nathan McKinnon has as many goals as both teams have in this series. Yeah, uh, crazy performance last night as he eventually put away the St. Louis Blues, who just stuck around and found a way to uh, remain in a contest that they were badly outplayed in it. Uh, part of the reason why they were able to get back involved was a nasty hit by Nazem Kadri mm-hmm. on Justin Falk, and that uh, led to a five-minute major in which the St. Louis Blues were able to capitalize. Uh, more fallout from that as Kadri has a hearing with the NHL Player Safety Department. Uh, uh, it's uh, been offered up to him an in-person over zoom have you heard anything uh from that i have you you do a much better job of keeping track have, of social I, media on the uh i have not seen anything okay. come down uh we'll uh, bring you up to date on that hit and just uh where we think the number will be uh but coming up next uh, daniel regan from the henderson silver knights the playoffs start for the silver knights tomorrow at uh, the Orleans Center, and we'll get uh, the comments from uh, one of the top point producers on the Silver Knights on the other side of this. It's a playoff time all over the place uh, between both the Golden Knights and the Silver Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Game three tonight, Vegas Golden Knights, Minnesota Wild. Winner takes a 2-1 series lead. That's on the NHL side of the organization. In the American Hockey League, the Henderson Silver Knights play its first ever postseason game tomorrow night. It's a best of three in the Pacific Division semifinal hosting the uh, San Jose Barracuda. All three games will be played in Vegas. Uh, game one tomorrow, game two Sunday, if necessary. Game three will be on Monday. Here is Danny O'Regan, who's had a great season for the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, I imagine you've been watching some of this National Hockey League stuff. Uh, nice to get around to playing a little postseason action yourself, even though it's a, a bit of a weird year and a weird setup. Uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely been a weird year. Um, yeah, I think you know some of the guys are excited. Some of the guys a little weird. Uh, you know, it's weird not playing for anything, not playing for a trophy or, uh, you know, any money or anything like that. But, you know, we're we're all competitive people, and uh, just to get a couple extra games, and um, it'll be exciting. And we're happy, really happy we could do it at home. We've had great fans all year, and so we're, you know, really happy we can play some meaningful games for them. Hey, pal, I watched uh, the two games last weekend, uh, the, the weekend games, uh, against uh, uh, your arch rival there in Bakersfield, and there was nothing on the line for those two games, and they were nasty. So I can't imagine what tomorrow night will be like with a bit of a carrot. Oh, it's, yeah, definitely. We've had, some, uh, we've had some exciting games with them. Some, uh, definitely a little rivalry uh, started already. But, yeah, it's, um, we've had some tough ones against San Jose, too. I know that it'll be... Um, you know, it won't be an easy game. It'll be tough, and uh, everyone will be going hard, and the fans will be getting into it. It should be a should be a trippy game. Danny Regan with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, Danny, I'm interested to kind of get your perspective on this because, as you've mentioned, this has been kind of a strange season, a very different season. What was your mindset going into this year, and just generally approaching the the strangeness of this time in this season? Um, yeah, I was. It was obviously 
like you said, it was, it was different starting in um, January or whenever it was. Um, definitely brand new, but I, you know, I was excited for the year. I thought there was, um, you know, an opportunity to just kind of go play well for 30, 40 games. And then, uh, you know, my goal is always playing the NHL and not really being Henderson, but, uh, you know, for the AHL, I think Henderson was a really great spot. And, um, you know, I was able to take advantage of only playing, you know, 35 games instead of like 72. And we had a successful team and, uh, we had a fun year for, uh, for sure. But it was just, it was a weird year. It's, uh, Excited to get back to a normal schedule. Yeah, do you even remember what that was like? Like, because it it, t- it took me a while to get uh, get back into the the swing of things of a, a best of seven series after being uh, the bubble last year and and watching so many games from a distance. So, what about you guys? Yeah, it's definitely weird. I, I can't imagine. I can't remember how we played seventy two <laughs> or eighty two games. <laughs> many of this. We played thirty seven, and it's it's so long. It's like a it's kind of where it gets to the dog days of the season, usually where there's a little rut in February or whatever it is. It's um, yeah, it'll be interesting to play twice as many next year. We talked about the rivalry with uh, Bakersfield. Uh, who is uh, who kind of gets under your skin, or uh, who do we watch for this weekend against San Jose? Because that's an organization you know very well. Yeah, I know them well. There's been uh, a lot of turnover there. I don't know too many more guys, but. Uh, yeah, nobody really gets under my skin, though. I just kind of do my thing, play my game, and uh, I usually don't have too much trouble out there. But they got a good team. They're all kind of, you know, this, this like we talked about, there's nothing to play for, honestly, except for everyone's individual career. So, I mean, everyone's just going to be working hard and playing chippy and trying to show their own team or the opposing teams or anyone watching that, you know, they can play uh high level hockey or playoff hockey however you want to say it so it's um you like nothing to play for if you want to call it like that but there's there's a lot for every individual out there to, to prove something for themselves so it'll be tough series what's tommy o'regan tell you going into this set uh my dad uh yeah. just you know playing play the right way and um uh, you know, just keep it up. I kind of got a little streak going for myself. Just try to keep playing the same way. Don't don't let um, you know the fact that we're not getting any money or any trophy out of this. Don't let that kind of change the mentality of hockey. It's just hockey at the end of the day. And if you if you're lacing up the skates, you gotta uh, you know give it a hundred percent and play the right way and you know block shots, finish checks, go to the Dirty areas, can't get worried about getting hurt or anything like that. So just kind of, he's always positive. He's always uh, got the right stuff to say. So he'll have, you know, he'll be in my head when I'm, you know, when I'm out there. Do you talk to him every day? Uh, every couple of days. Yeah. I'll check in every, uh, I'll catch him on our, my drive home from the rink or his drive home from work. We'll just kind of catch up, but nothing ever too serious. Just kind of. Just uh, a little chat here and there. Danny Regan joining us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, Danny, what were your initial impressions of uh, of playing here in Vegas and, and really the organization as a whole? Um, Vegas is just amazing, honestly. I think uh, it was a, you know, no 
hard feelings to any other organization I've been in, but it was it was amazing to just kind of experience the Vegas lifestyle where not so much like down on the strip and out and about, but just kind of the all the mountains and the desert. And there's so many things to do, you know, so close to me here. I, I live in Summerlin, but uh, uh, there's so many, so many cool things around. So it's just awesome to kind of get home from the rink and go golfing or go, you know, explore and go see the Hoover Dam or something like that. And, um, you know, it kind of helps out the uh, the mental state. Things can get pretty, you know, can, seasons can get long when you're, you know, stuck in a cold or rainy place. And uh, it was just awesome to be out here. And I thought, um, you know, out in Henderson we had a great facility and um, we had a great staff there and uh, a lot of great people around that rink. So I thought, um, you know, in Henderson everything was great. Uh, you, you went to BU, so you know all about traffic. Uh, that's the best part about living here to me. Like coming from Toronto, uh, the the fact that there's no tra- well, there's traffic, but there's not like traffic, traffic. Yeah, no, definitely, I do not miss that. But um, yeah, you're not lying. Every every drive's nice, though. There's always a couple, always a great view, of something when you're driving around here. But yeah, I do not miss the Boston traffic. Hey, keep your role going. Uh, you've been a big part of the success uh, of this team, and uh, you're putting the puck in the net. Uh, I know that there's not that uh, big trophy at the end of the, the rainbow, but uh, you got a good opportunity to do something uh, as special as it can be in the American Hockey League. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There's Danny Regan joining Darren Millard and uh, Ryan Wallace on the VGK Insider Show. Game 1 tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Orleans Arena. Game 2 Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock at Orleans Arena. And if necessary, Game 3 will be Monday afternoon at uh, 1 o'clock. It's a best of three. All three games, if necessary, will be in Vegas for the Henderson Silver Knights in this uh, best of three first round series. Uh, eight, well, it's really Pacific Division semifinal series. Uh, the winner will play uh, probably Bakersfield. You know, I. It's interesting because I, again, I, I think that there's a lot to to kind of pull out of this, and and it'll be fun, I think, for for the guys to go out and and play playoff hockey here in Vegas because that's an atmosphere that you know Henderson Silver Knights fans are going to bring to the Orleans Arena. Uh, they are conditioned as professional athletes to play for the big prize. Yeah, uh, it's it's not lost on me that it's difficult to get your head around playing for a division title, and that's it. And you're the only division playing for anything this year. So motivation will have to come from within for these players. But having watched the final couple of games of the season and the nastiness that occurred and the intensity against Bakersfield, I have no. Uh, difficulty getting my head around the fact that they'll be ready uh, when the time comes. It's been a great season for Manny Viveros and his coaching staff and Danny Regan and company. Uh, we'll keep you up to date to all the games on 1230 The Game uh, for the Henderson Silver Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We will continue to look ahead to Game 3 of this West Division first round series on the VGK Insider Show. Kempe dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Flurry. this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizada sliding catch save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
Game three, XL Energy Center, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. A series is tied up at one as the set moves to Minnesota and St. Paul uh, for two games. Uh, very close, very hard-hitting, uh, very intense games uh, between the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights. So we'll get into that uh, a little bit deeper. Also, a suspension on the way uh, for Nazem Kadri of the Colorado Avalanche after last night's uh, game two victory for the avalanche show we'll touch on that as well we also wanted to tell you that there's a developing situation in toronto in game one between the canadians and the maple leafs uh, john taveras uh, collided with Corey perry after being knocked down and uh, taveras uh, is being treated by the medical staff uh, uh, the emts are on the ice as well as uh, the stretcher both team doctors uh, surrounding it and uh, the, the concern on the faces of teammates uh, as well as the medical staff is, uh, is intense and uh, quite uh, frightening at this moment. So uh, when we know something, when we can uh, bring you some information regarding the status of John Taveras, uh, we will uh, as well. Darren Millard here at City National Arena getting set for the television broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet. And it is uh, Ryan Wallace uh, uh, on location tonight at Aliante Station outside the uh, salted... Uh, uh, Lime right mm -hmm. now. Uh, yep. and, uh, how are you over there? Well, I'm fantastic because, uh, you know, I've got Nick Beasley with me, executive chef here at Aliante Casino, and, and Nick has brought some food to the table. Nick, Ooh. can you just kind of tell me about what's in front of me as I'm just anxiously awaiting my opportunity to eat? <laughs> yeah, of course. Salted Lime is a Mexican restaurant. We got tacos here. Uh, five different types of tacos. We got chicken tacos, uh, carne asada tacos, tacos del pastor, crispy fish tacos, and shrimp tacos. Man, all delicious to eat. Best taco. My favorite yep. is tacos del pastor. Okay, fantastic. So what? Like salted lime looks awesome. The atmosphere inside is fantastic. The food looks amazing. Like, what are some of the specials you guys have going on right now? Should fans come down and watch the game? Oh, yeah, Tuesdays we have Taco Tuesday starting starting at $2 a taco, mm -hmm. uh, seven different flavors of tacos. Uh, Wednesdays we do Taco Up Pastor Day, $2 a taco there. Uh, the, the meat is cooked on a vertical rotisserie. Uh, it's a special process that's it's so delicious. Uh, and then Sundays we have uh, Chicken Fajita Night, $9.99 mm -hmm. Chicken Fajitas. Chicken Fajitas. Uh, so what about what about drink specials? Because obviously oh, we, we get into the food. The food looks fantastic, but... There's, there's got to be some, some liquid courage that goes along with it, right? Especially when you're watching a hockey game, you're nervous about your, your team. What do we got there? Of course. We got $2 soles, uh, $2 margaritas. We have uh, loaded margaritas mm -hmm. uh, with cornitas on it. Um, we have bucket of cornitas. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we got all kinds of drink specials. That's fantastic. Nick, before we let you go, please tell, please just say this. Darren... The food here is great, and you don't get any. Darren, you are missing out. The food is so great here, and you're not getting any. Sorry, you guys are mean. You guys I was are forced. mean. <laughs> All right, thanks you so much, Nick. No, no problem. Nick, I'm, I'm going to come. I'm going to come down there and find you, and we're going to have a great time together. No, uh, no, yeah. no. No, you're you're out of this. You're out of this one, Darren. I, like Nick and I, we've got a connection, right? Like we're we're good. This is this is going to be my spot. It's going to be my hookup. I'm I'm not sharing this one with you. It's not happening. Oh, I love it. Uh, good for you guys. Uh, I I'm jealous. Uh, sounds absolutely delicious uh, over at uh, Aliante Station and Casino and Salted Lime. Like Taco Tuesday, the drink specials, the game on the TV. 
You're a lucky man, Ryan Wallace. You're I, a lucky man. I am, and, and I'm going to be joined by one more special guest. It's Angel Hinojosa. Is that correct? Did I, did I butcher it? Hey, yeah, it was really close. Oh. Hinojosa. Hinojosa. That's all right. I've okay. heard much worse. <laughs> so you're in con- your casino shift manager. Like, We've got a lot of hockey fans, right? Right. We've got a lot of hockey fans that are looking to not just Aliante, but r- really just all boy gaming properties to, mm-hmm. to watch the Golden Knights. That's right. Walk us through what they get here oh, i'm glad you asked what we offer is all, all we offer an array of opportunities to watch the finals to watch the golden knights play mm-hmm. here in table games alone we have over what we have 19 different new televisions they can come and watch uh the games while they're playing um, a blackjack or roulette or craps we offer ultimate texas hold'em mm. um we have a pie gal progressive right now that's in excess of $147,900. In fact, I'll tell you, in the last seven months alone, our Las Vegas Boyd properties mm-hmm. have paid out nearly $2 million in uh, PyGal progressives. So we're pretty excited about that. So come here, yep. win money, yes. and watch the Golden Knights, right? Well, like, could, what, what could be better? Oh, yeah, what else is there, right? What about the food? <laughs> the food looks fantastic. I, I oh, don't God. know how you expect me to do 20 more minutes of radio without just digging into this. I'm sitting here smelling it, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to get some myself, you know. Oh, yeah, Chef does a really good job. All our outlets are wonderful. So if there's someone listening right now mm-hmm. that's saying, you know what, I don't have a place to watch Game 3. It's Vegas, it's Minnesota. Give me that that. 10, 15 second pitch for why that fan needs to come here right now. They need to come here right now because it's fun. There it is. Number one, it's fun. And uh, you can feel the energy. Vegas Golden Knights is what Boyd Gaming is about. And we're having a great time with that. And we offer all the amenities that you want, you know, with food, with the gaming. And we have promotions in all over the property, but in table games exclusively, we have, uh, we're giving away all kinds of money. You know, Mm -hmm. a three-card poker promotion right now, high-hand bonus at the end of the month, $2,500 cash is going to go to somebody just for having the best hand just in the month of May. Um, But again, we're on top of this. We're having a great time with it. It's all over the property. The energy's everywhere, so that's the reason they come join us here. Fantastic, Angel. Before yeah. I let you go, I, I just need you to say this one thing for me. Hey, don't Darren. do it, Angel. No, no, no. Hey, Darren. <laughs> Ryan's just so much cooler than you. Hey, Darren. Uh, I, evidently, Ryan is just way so much cooler than you. Angel, look at Ryan. <laughs> and now imagine the exact opposite of that. And that's, and that's, that's what I am. And you and I are not that far off, my friend. And, and you, uh, I'm just you younger know. than you. You know that we can hang anytime, Angel. I got it. All right, Angel. Angel, thank you so much. It's a fantastic property, and uh, we really appreciate being out here. I'm glad you guys are here. Have a great time, all right? Thank you. Go Knights, go. Enjoy the game. Go Knights, go. All right, Darren. So Uh, clearly, I'm I'm the cool guy here. Well, you're the only person there between the two of us. I mean. Like, being present has its privileges, and it does go a long way. Uh, okay, so here's the update. Uh, here's the update from Montreal and Toronto. Okay. Uh, Tavares was taken off the ice on a stretcher. Uh, it was uh, a nasty hit. Uh, there's. Uh, I, it's been a long time since I've seen that many medical people on the ice uh, for an, an incident, but he did give the thumbs up uh, as he left the ice. It was after a collision with Corey Perry uh, when Tavares was knocked down and then Perry was skating by. And, uh, and his leg collided with John Tavares and really uh, in the front of his head and snapped his neck back. Uh, then off the faceoff, Perry and uh, Nick Foligno uh, fought. And, uh, it really looked like Perry didn't want to fight. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. 
I wouldn't say that. They he he acknowledged it and was going to go, and they went. He he threw down his gloves. Oh he, he's the the code. Like it was. And you got to remember that Corey Perry plays the game hard, nasty. Uh, he was the first one to drop his gloves. He knew he was going to have to fight. Uh, but uh, that's the side part of it. Uh, the, 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 the encouraging uh, aspect of it is John Tavares, uh, while his, uh, he was stabilized uh, with his feet and his neck and uh, uh, on the stretcher going off the ice, uh, gave the thumbs up, which is uh, incredibly encouraging and one of the more scary uh, sights that I've witnessed in a long time in, in a National Hockey League game. Yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, that's, I, I, I just caught sort of that replay and, and, and wanting to see John Tavares certainly at least give the thumbs up on his way yeah. off. And, um, you know, the only concern that you have right now is, is the health of, of John Tavares and, and the hope that he'll return, um, you know, just, just be okay. And that's really it. And it's a scary, scary, scary thing to see um, to, to happen to anybody. Ten minutes into the first period there, it's Montreal and Toronto uh, without a goal in game number one of their best-of-seven series. Winnipeg upset Edmonton last night uh, in a game that uh, didn't have all the excitement and drama that you might expect from Dreisaitl and McDavid and Shifley and Wheeler, uh, but Winnipeg was able to uh, hold McDavid off the board and win the opener uh, on that front. Uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, they enter game three with a bit of momentum, uh, not only in the series coming off their win uh, in game two, but also in, in St. Paul, uh, where the last two games, uh, the Golden Knights have acquitted themselves very well, scored five goals in the 6-5 loss, and then came back with Alex Petrangelo's overtime goal and what you could easily say was his finest, finest individual moment as a member of the Golden Knights uh, in the last time. It was uh, two weeks ago yesterday uh, for that one, three weeks ago yesterday uh, for that one. So uh, do, you, do you think that that's encouraging? Do you think that's something that you can build on with that recent uh, success that they've had? Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, you, you went into you went into Minnesota and you had two really strong games. And, and I understand the, the frustration of, of losing that first game, especially when you, you score five goals. You, you have a two-goal lead in the third period. Like, I, I get that there's a frustration point there. But the fact of the matter is the Golden Knights were able to score. And they were able to score in that building, a building they haven't really scored much in. Uh, and then, you know, getting the win like that, that was a, a gutsy effort simply mm-hmm. because the Golden Knights fall behind in the third period after leading for the majority of the game and still come back and still find a way. For me, I think there's a lot that you can pull, a lot of positives you can pull from from those two games. And, you know, we've made a lot right of of the Golden Knights record against the Minnesota Wild. Well, you, you break down the last four games, it's 500. And and for the Golden Knights, a team that has struggled at in the past, of, of just getting to that number, that should be encouraging as well for Vegas. I, I, I think they're looking at this as a great opportunity to go in and, and put Minnesota behind the eight ball for the first time really ever. And I yeah. think that that's a great, great opportunity for the Golden Knights. I, I think uh, the the prospect of making Minnesota chase you and changing that narrative for the first time in four years is uh, as a huge storyline tonight. Uh, goaltending is is one. Uh, Kaprizov uh, not being on the score sheet uh, is another. There's a whole bunch of uh, of different areas uh, of the game that will factor in, but the, 
being able to push aside the struggles in St. Paul and the struggles head-to-head and have Minnesota trailing in a set uh, is is first and foremost uh, an opportunity that the Golden Knights, I would assume, would be huge, uh, hugely keen on seizing. 100%. And I think that that's, that's what the Golden Knights have kind of put themselves in a position to do. And, and, and I get wanting to be up two to nothing in the series. I get wanting maybe a different outcome, a different result from game number one. But right now the Golden Knights have a great opportunity. They, they really have uh, the, the ability to control the remainder of this series with a big game, a strong game here tonight against Minnesota. And you know what? I think going out on the road, getting to do it in that building and, and having that maybe be the moment where they seize control will have long-lasting effects for the Golden Knights positively. Uh, the uh, prospect of taking a 2-1 series lead, uh, winning a couple of games, taking home ice advantage back uh, is also uh, on the table. Uh, we know we don't have to worry about uh, any speculation regarding goaltending uh, because uh, – Marc-Andre Fleury went in back-to-back games and was uh, spectacular and has been the best player in the series. Uh, Vegas has had stretches in both games where they've been really good and on top of their game. Uh, The first period of the opener and in the third period uh, of game number two, uh, where you saw Vegas not... I mean, there was a couple of moments where Marc-Andre Fleury had to be really strong, but the... The overall ability to stifle uh, and and take the game back uh, was was impressive for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. We haven't seen it over a full 60 minutes uh, where they control majority of the game, and I wonder if that turns tonight. You know, I I I wonder if it is too because I think that you go in, you have the ability as the road team to just go in and try to to stifle and try to make it one of those games where you don't really allow Minnesota to get to what they do well. And and for the Golden Knights, I, I think there's merit in going on the road and playing that role. And I you know, I look at this this game for the Golden Knights as, as being one of those pivotal swing games in the series. And, you know, you've you've relied on Marc Andre Fleury uh, in this series and he's been very, very good. And for Vegas, I don't think that that expectation with Marc-Andre Fleury's game changes very much. You just expect him to be very good. And for the Golden Knights, scoring three goals in the last game, finally finding a way to solve Cam Talbot, I I think that you can ride some confidence into this game and, you know, put forth a a really strong 60-minute effort. And that's my expectation of what we're going to see out of the Golden Knights tonight. Uh, on the other side of the West Division playoffs, you have Colorado and St. Louis, and the Avalanche won both games at home to kick off that set. But the drama really occurs with the status of Nazem Kadri, the second-line center for the Avalanche, who will not play in game number three. And how long he will be out is going to be determined by, by the Department of Player Safety. Uh, after a nasty hit on Justin Falk last night, in which... Uh, Kadri was tossed out of the game, handed a five-minute major. Uh, St. Louis uh, was able to score one goal on it, but uh, could not overcome uh, the uh, the eventual uh, outcome of Nathan McKinnon being so dominant. Uh, what did you think of the hit, and uh, do you have a number in mind? So, like, I, I think it starts with uh, Nazem Kadri's not playing the rest of this series, right? So uh, that was game two. There's, there's at, at most five more games in that series. I, I think that that's kind of where... I'd start in terms of, of the injury. This is, or I'm sorry, in terms of, of the eventual suspension. Um, I didn't like the hit. I, I, I mean, 
you watch it in real time, you watch it in slow motion. It's bad both ways. And so the principal point of contact is the head. Uh, Justin Falk was in a very bad, bad way after the hit. And this is something that, you know, it hasn't happened in a while, but Nazem Kadri has had uh, this type of play, illegal hits to the head, result in suspensions before. So um, I, I think he's done for a bit. You go back 11 years to Matt Cook on Mark Savard. Yeah. And a hit that changed hockey. Uh, the, the way the rules are interpreted, uh, how the rule, like new rules were put in place uh, of hitting an unsuspecting player coming across the middle and, uh, and hitting in the head. And that looked very much like Matt Cook on Mark Savard last night. And we're, here, here's the other part about it. So you've got the learning from there and, and going back on, on what's, what's allowed and, and the progress that we've made on hits to the head. Number two, Nazem's got a history of doing this in, in moments where his team's in control. Uh, it, uh, he was traded from the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, not just because he crossed the line, but that was part of it. And, and trying to change the narrative there because he does uh, have a tendency to, to get across the line. Uh, that, his team's up 3-1 at that point last night. There's no reason to make that hit no. uh, because you're in full control of the, uh, of the game. Uh, now, uh, with a suspension, it's going to throw the lines out of flux, and that second line has been so good for the Avalanche. Add into the fact that if Colorado continues their domination of of the St. Louis Blues, you're going to lose your number two center, not have your number two center for the start of the second round, yeah. and and hopefully that's against the the, the Vegas Golden Knights. So that could prove to be costly for the, for the Avalanche. There's 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 implications both in the game last night in game number two, going forward against St. Louis and potentially against Vegas. Yeah, again, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, when when you're when you're Nazem Kadri and, and you are, are in that in that period of the game, there's just no reason to throw that hit. And, you know, we've we've kind of bandied about this idea of, OK, well, he's learned, right? Like we, we all kind of say like Nazem Kadri's learned from his previous suspensions. There's no way that this play is going to happen again. And then it, it does. And, you know, I, I don't know what the number is going to be. Do you, do you hazard to guess, Darren, at, at what you think that number is going to be? Uh, I do. Uh, I would say it's somewhere between six or seven. Yeah. Uh, and, and like as a seven game suspension in the Stanley Cup playoffs is extraordinary. Yeah. And it's rare, yeah. but uh, given what he's done in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the past, and and the severe suspensions that uh, have been levied against him, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it uh, if it ends up being seven. Now I've been off the mark this year with my uh, gauges of, of of different suspensions, or whether there would be uh, a suspension. Yeah. But the just the the idea of of a player crossing the middle and making that that hit and with uh, the history of of Nazem Kadri we had a massive amount of debate about Tom Wilson 2 weeks ago mm-hmm. yeah and and the altercation with the New York Rangers and Panarin and Buchnevich last night's hit was like 10 20 30 times worse than than what Tom Wilson did and people wanted Tom Wilson banished yeah uh, uh, that was at least players squaring off. Now it was it was not good, and I, I didn't I didn't think Tom Wilson should have been suspended in that uh, in that altercation. 
this, like, there's no doubt, and it could be one of the longer such acts. Um, is it? Uh, is it what what uh, Rafi Torres went through uh, after his hit on on Marion Hosa and uh, and and that hit, like that that cost Rafi Torres uh, mm-hmm. basically like shoved him closer to being out of the league. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, listen. I I think that you're absolutely right. Spot on with with this hit by Nazem Kadri in comparison to what we were we were a lot of the hockey world was up in arms about in terms of that Tom Wilson hit in the play and you know for me I I think that this is a situation where you want the suspension to to really hit home and if it's in that ballpark it's going to impact the Colorado Avalanche in a negative way Mm -hmm. because Kadri's been so good for them in terms of playing hockey, in terms of creating that balance, that ability to just roll those lines over and over and over again. And this is the worst possible time that you can take a suspension like this if you're Nazem Kadri. And beyond that, it, it's it's just something that he's done before, multiple times. Rafi Torres got 25 games. And, and that was, uh, was, was a hit that was in, in the playoffs. That was 25 games. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think Kadri's going there. Yeah. But I said seven. Would it be double digits when you start looking at at past suspension? Is he is he viewed as much of a a, a predatory hitter like like uh, Rafi Torres was? Mm-hmm. Probably not. But still has come close to uh, some significant uh, hits and punishment uh, the last number of years. Like seven to ten, I don't doubt. And if they want to make a, a, a real stiff call, like after the criticism, not mm-hmm. saying that it's going to play a role, but after the criticism and the heat that the New York Rangers threw on player safety, would you be shocked uh, at uh, at something in double digits coming back against Nazem Kadri? I wouldn't. No, neither would I. Like if 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 we get that that news that it's it's ten plus, I'm not surprised one bit. I really am not. Uh, other action, uh, Montreal, uh, after uh, the scary situation uh, regarding the John Tavares hit and being taken off the ice on a stretcher, uh, thumbs up as he went off the ice. Uh, no word yet on, on John Tavares uh, and the injury there, but uh, Montreal has scored. Josh Anderson uh, scoring on a breakaway uh, shortly after uh, they resumed play. So it's one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens against the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. What are you seeing there against the Florida Panthers who went back to Chris Dreger in goal. Yeah, the Lightning scored five goals on 11 shots in the second period. I, I don't want to talk about it. What's the score? Uh, pff, I turned the game off, buddy. I'm sorry. You did not. No, I did. I did. Well, I Why? mean, like, because I, I, I had, I, we, we were doing interviews down here, and there's food in front of me, and, like, I, I you know, I wasn't going to watch the game while I was doing the interviews. What do you, what do you mean? Are you Why? pouting? No, I'm not pouting. I'm just a little bummed in Florida. That's all. 5-3 is the score right now Okay. Uh, in the second intermission in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Florida Panthers scored two in the first, looked like they were okay, and uh, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning reply with a five-goal second period. You know what I'm noticing? Outside of, of our series, mm-hmm. there's a ton of goals in these playoffs. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I mean, scoring is always fun. It's always nice to have goals so, yes, I, I agree. It is fun. I wonder if we'll get a few tonight. Is, is this series going to open up 
and we'll get uh, a little bit of back and forth. Very uh, tight checking, but also spectacular goaltending yeah. on, on both fronts. Uh, can Talbot uh, shouldn't be overlooked uh, either. But the Minnesota Wild have one goal in each of the two games. That's it. Uh, Vegas has trailed for a total of 18 seconds. That's it. And the winner tonight on the road uh, will, uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Minnesota Wild at home, will take a 2-1 series lead. Uh, that'll do it for the VGK Insider Show. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. But coming up next, uh, it's the VGK pregame show, Game 3 against the Minnesota Wild on Fox Sports Las Vegas with your host, the well-fed and happy, happy belly, Ryan Wallace.